Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we're deep, deep diving into next week's NFL draft from my pick at number seven for Fitz and Harry on ESPN to doing all things defense, talking a lot of defensive players with Todd McShay's breakdowns from the pre-draft conference call that I was on on Wednesday, even hearing from Texas Tech head football coach Joey McGuire talking all things Tyree Wilson, plus your calls and texts are coming up on a very loaded Thursday, April 20th, 2023, here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raider Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. And of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we do appreciate you. If you spend three minutes or 33 minutes with us, we do appreciate it. And we make sure we appreciate my guy, Ari, at Ari Produces on Twitter, who has us up on YouTube each and every day doing a great job. So again, many thanks to Ari. But let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes of the day and really wasn't a whole lot of moving and shaking or any news and notes like that. We'll get more news and notes coming out really on Friday when we get to meet with GM Dave Ziegler at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But something that I thought was really cool that I was able to be a part of on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I talked about it on Wednesday's show, was the mock draft on ESPN National on Fitz and Harry. Uh, They do a midday show. They follow up Greeny. Really good job that they do. And they asked me to be a part of it. And so I was really honored to be a part of it. But it came up to a big time dilemma. So if you didn't get to hear Wednesday's show, what happened is they hit me, their producer Evan hit me with all the guys that have been selected already. And the, the reason why I keep bringing up different mock drafts that I've been involved in so far this, this draft season because there's so many different scenarios that could play out and you've got to be ready for everything. So in this scenario on Fitz and Harry on ESPN, Bryce Young went number one to Carolina. Will Anderson went number two to Houston. Tyree Wilson went number three to Arizona. CJ Stroud dropped all the way to four to Indianapolis. Jalen Carter went five to Seattle. And Devin Witherspoon went sixth to Detroit. And Devin Witherspoon was the one that I thought I was going to select at seven, but he went one pick before at six. So what did that leave me? Well, quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Florida, cornerback Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, and even quarterback from Kentucky, Will Levis, was still available. So I had all three of those guys to choose from. I could have gone another direction, too, if I wanted to, like an offensive lineman or, you know, some kind of skill position, B. John Robinson, you know, something like that. But... As far as I'm concerned, it's defense, defense, and defense, unless it's a quarterback, right? And a quarterback that the Raiders really do covet. And we know that they covet C.J. Stroud. There's no doubt about that. It's been said many times that the Raiders, you know, if it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, they're, they're in to, to go get that quarterback, and that was really it. But the fact that Anthony Richardson fell to me at number seven, I didn't have to trade up. He fell to me at number seven is what made that decision that much more difficult. And so, again, for anyone who didn't hear Wednesday's show, I ultimately picked Anthony Richardson because of the fact that he fell to me. I didn't trade up. Plus, I know as the Raiders need as much defense as possible, they had 11 picks still left to go, and they could definitely address the defense. So I wanted to bring this back up on today's show because I actually wanted you to hear how it played out on ESPN on Wednesday. So this is Fitz and Harry from ESPN on Wednesday. They're going through their mock draft, and all of a sudden, your boy is on the board. So here's how it all played out. Chimes. Play the chimes. Q's on the clock. What do you got, Q? With the seventh pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. 
Mel Kuyper Jr. Player Profile. Only one year as a starter. 13 career starts is all you got from Anthony Richardson. But, boy, how about that Utah game, September 3rd? He was on fire. 71% of his passes were completed. Rushed for 106 yards and three touchdowns. Looked like the number one pick overall guaranteed. Next week against Kentucky, he's at 40% with a couple picks and only four rushing yards on six carries. Through the year, he had some ups and downs. Accuracy comes and goes. But you can't teach, you can't coach the kind of physical and athletic talent, that rocket arm, that incredible running skills that he brings to the table. He's the ultimate developmental quarterback. He needs time. In time, he could be spectacular, but there is a boomer bust look to Anthony Richardson. I went back and forth on quite a bit between Anthony Richardson and the cornerback out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. The Raiders really need a lot of defensive help, and so I really was leaning that direction, but I think that Josh McDaniels would love to have the opportunity to groom his quarterback of the future, of the long future, and they still have 11 draft picks in a draft that is very deep in corners, very deep in defensive players in general. They can address that defense that needs a lot of work starting as early as the second round or maybe even trading up to the back end of the first round. So Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, is the pick for the silver and black at number seven. Go ahead. That a baby fits. That a baby. Go ahead. That a baby fits. Go ahead. Um, well, I will say this. We know the future of the Raiders. They will probably need a quarterback. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the guy this year. He was in Josh McDaniels' system when he was with the New England Patriots. So Anthony Richardson is going to have an opportunity to actually sit behind someone and learn the concepts that they want to run from an offensive standpoint. But when you look at the big playability, you look at how he can run, break tackles, the arm strength, and what he can be, because I think you look at all the quarterbacks in this draft, fits. he has the most potential and upside of all of them. And if he reached that p- potential, this guy can be the limit for this young man. Now, do the Raiders really want to go there? I think they need a lot of defensive help, but I wouldn't actually mind this pick for the Las Vegas Raiders because Anthony Richardson wouldn't have to play right now, and he can actually sit down and learn the ins and outs of the game of football at the national football level. No, 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 and more no. When your team sucks, when your team sucks every year, the last thing you want to hear is ultimate boom or bust, total developmental project. Those aren't words you want to hear around a first round. You know how a bad team stays bad? Rolling the dice every time. You don't bet your mortgage on putting all your chips on uh, black on the roulette table and just hoping it wins. Like at some point, you got to get bonafide starters, people you know that can come in and help. This team has so many holes. I think Harry Douglas could start at corner for the Raiders right now, and that's just like, you haven't even played in the league in a few years. You put some cleats on, you'd be, you be corner one, alright? I'm like, jumping everything, too. Jumping a, everything. You gotta get starters at some point, like having this concept of projects is great, but then when your roster is just one big old barrel of suck around that project, what are you doing for them? Oh, man, the worst idea is Anthony Rich. Like, any developmental prospect a quarterback that's going to sit there and have he's going to have 18 different head coaches 47 different GMs and 53 different offensive linemen in the first three weeks because the Raiders roster will suck around him. I hate this pick. (laughs) Q, Q, we're we're enemies now. Mortal enemies with Q. Q, you my boy Blue. (laughs) So you know what's funny about that is I wasn't able to hear it live when it happened. I was actually at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I actually had a meeting with the Raiders on Wednesday that lasted a couple hours. So my phone is going off. 
I have no idea why my phone's going off because I have it, you know, turned upside down out of respect for being in a meeting. I didn't want to, you know, have my phone going off all the time, whether it's a text message, Twitter, whatever the case may be, emails, you know how it goes down. Just trying to show a little bit of respect. I was there for quite a while. So when I finally got out of the meeting, I looked at my phone. All I know is Jason Fitz was hot. <laughs> he said, me and you are going to fight. You brought this on yourself. But you can hear the different conversations there, right? Harry Douglas, he understood the, the, the method to the madness. Jason Fitz wanted nothing to do with it. But again, and we had a text exchange later on on Wednesday. And I just, I told him straight up, like, if he didn't fall to me at seven, I wouldn't have made the move for him. You know, but since he fell to me, and you had an opportunity to get a quarterback that could potentially end up being the best one out of all four of the guys that we're talking about the top, you know, the top four. Hell, out of the best, out of the out of the top five, if you include Hidden Hooker, you don't know. He could be that guy. Now, he might not be, but you just don't know. And if you don't have to give up any extra capital to get him, why not take a chance? Right. And, and especially since they have 11 more picks, it's not like they're let's see what team like the Baltimore Ravens who only have five picks this year or a team that's draft pick, you know, just very limited with their their draft capital. They have 11 more picks and they can really address the defense in a major way. Many people on this show and even on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920 have said, Q, don't get a cornerback that early. Right. You don't need a cornerback there. The, the draft is deep in cornerback. So, OK, so I took your idea. <laughs> I took your strategy, but Jason Fitz wasn't happening. Harry Douglas was good with it, you know, and so I thought it was kind of cool that they, you know, compare and contrasted. One liked it. One didn't like it. But uh, many people that I talked to said that they thought the pick made sense. A couple people in my building were like, no, Q, you can't do that. And I didn't think that you were going to go with the quarterback that you're going to go defense. And I said, yeah, well, again, you just don't know how these things are going to play out. Sometimes you've got to be ready for the unexpected. And the unexpected was Anthony Richardson falling into my lap at number seven. So there it is, and there it was. But I thought it was fun. It was a, it was a cool little exercise. And again, this is what could potentially happen. Not saying that exact scenario, but somebody or some people, multiple guys that you kind of you know are pretty high on or the Raiders are high on, when they get ready to get on the board at seven, could be there and they could be in a in a in a hell of a position. So you know something John McClain has told me many times that these these organizations they'll they'll go through their own mock draft like many different times and let the scenarios play out differently so they can say okay in this scenario what will we do? Okay in this scenario what will we do? Oh if this happens what should we do? Like that's good. That's good practice right there because, again, you only have a limited time, amount of time. You have to make a decision pretty quick. I didn't come up with that decision really quickly. I didn't. I mean, I did a whole three-hour radio show while I was thinking about it. Then I went to the house and sat on it for a while, and then I knocked out a podcast. So, I mean, I sat on it for quite a while. It wasn't 15 minutes. It was more like five or six hours before I decided to who I was going to pick. So, I mean, there's a there was a lot of thought that went into it on my point, and a lot of going back and forth where these teams don't have that decision. And, oh, by the way, they might be getting calls at the same time as saying, hey, uh, you're interested in trading that pick because we're interested in moving up to that pick. So there's so many different elements that, you know, come into play when when everything is live, when, when you know, when everyone's on the clock. So uh, you just got to be ready for whatever. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. I just wanted to share the results and let you hear the reactions from Fitz and Harry from ESPN to who I picked at number seven as I went with Anthony Richardson and figured that the Raiders could address the defense a little bit later with the other 11 picks that they have coming up in segment number two let's talk about the defense Todd McShay he had his second pre-draft conference call uh, Mel Kuyper's done multiples I've, I've had those breakdowns I'll have some breakdowns from Todd talking defense plus you'll hear from head coach Joey 
McGuire, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, talking all things Tyree Wilson. Just to give you a little bit of background on who Tyree Wilson is, what kind of player you can expect to get if the Raiders were to pull the trigger on the young man from Lubbock, Texas. We'll do that all coming up in segment number two after I tell you about Built Bar. And what I want to tell you about Built Bar, I tell you about the flavors all the time, tell you everything that they have to offer. Well, Today, I want to tell you about something exciting coming to Built.com on April 22nd. That's this upcoming weekend, right? Today is the 20th. The 22nd is coming up this weekend. I don't have all the details, but the excitement is real, and it's something you don't want to miss. If you know how Built Bar works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. They do it all the time. So make sure you mark your calendars. Head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I want to see it. You're going to want to see it. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON15. It's all one word, LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your order. But go check it out on the 22nd and look for the brand new limited edition flavor. They drop them all the time. And a big one, I mean a big one, is coming Saturday, April 22nd at Built.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to do a little bit more deep diving into the defensive side of things when it comes to Todd McShay and his pre-draft conference call, his second one that he's had. It was on Wednesday. It was about an hour long, maybe a little bit over an hour. Some really good stuff. And, uh, you know, this will be the last one that he, he does before the draft next week. Uh, I'll be able to meet with NFL Network guys in Kansas City when I'm there, and I'll be there starting on the 25th. So I'm excited about that opportunity. Plus, be able to talk to some of the draft prospects that'll be in the green room but uh, very excited about the opportunity to do that and bring that to the podcast and also I was very excited to be on this conference call with Todd McShay on Wednesday now if you remember uh, the latest mock draft from Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper they actually collaborated so who they picked for the Raiders at uh, number seven overall they picked Devin Witherspoon cornerback out of Illinois number 38 overall which is round two uh, Steve Avila the center of guard from TCU number three round three pick 70 Tucker Kraft the tight end from South Dakota State and then with pick 100 Still in round three, Tavius Robinson, outside linebacker from Ole Miss. So those are the four picks that the Raiders had in the top 100, uh, the first three rounds that they had. And those are the uh, that's the mock draft from Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay on ESPN. So I jumped in, and the first question that I asked Todd McShay on, on, on Wednesday's conference call was about him and Mel mocking Witherspoon to the Raiders at seven. And because a lot of Raider Nation has brought this up about, well, Q, trade back, trade back, trade back. And I keep saying I don't want them to trade too far back because I don't want them to miss out on elite talent. Not that you can't find alpha dogs later in the in the draft. They will. Like a Max Crosby came out of the fourth round. A Nate Hobbs came out of the fifth round. But those aren't, you know, those aren't the ones that you know about. I'm talking about elite talent that you feel very comfortable with is going to be elite from the jump. So my question again was about him and Mel mocking with a spoon to the Raiders at seven. And if the Raiders decided to trade back, how far could they go and still get elite talent? So you'll hear the question and the answer from Todd McShay from Wednesday's conference call. Todd, in your and uh, Mel's latest collaboration, you had Devin Witherspoon going number seven to the Raiders. If they decided to trade back from number seven, how comfortable would you be or how far back would you be comfortable trading back and still have an opportunity of getting an elite player? Well, I've got 17 true first-round players in this year's class. So, I mean, I guess somewhere in the in the 17. I, I've heard, you know, Pittsburgh may be interested in moving up. You don't know what the quarterback situation, like if Houston doesn't go quarterback at, at two, maybe they'll try to trade up in the top 10 ahead of um, ahead of, of Tennessee at 11. 
to try to get a quarterback if, if one of the guys that they want is, is still available. So that'll be interesting to see. I still am curious if, you know, if, if Stroud is not the pick at two, will Oakland have any interest in moving up to number three with Arizona or, or to number two with Houston uh, to, to go get Stroud? I, I haven't heard a whole lot, but I did hear early in the process when they were trying to move up to one that it was Stroud or Young and, but if it wasn't one of those two guys, they wouldn't be interested in quarterback this year. So I think they'd go in either direction. I think if they stay at seven, cornerback makes the most sense. You've got Witherspoon and Gonzalez sitting right there. You're one spot ahead of Atlanta. So if if you love one of those guys, and that's that's one of your top uh, top needs. I've got quarterback and cornerback as, as the top two. And, and quarterback, obviously, you're talking about the future there. And then defensive tackle is, is also up there as, as a, a potential need area, too. So – so if if somehow you know Jalen Carter winds up falling to seven, then you you stay pat and you take you take arguably the best football player in this draft. So, but trading back, like I think there is a difference between Witherspoon Gonzalez and and then the next tier. I think the first tier is Witherspoon Gonzalez. You're still getting a really good player with Forbes, Porter, Banks, but um, but I, I think there's a drop off. So. You know, we'll see what they wind up doing. They, they clearly have multiple needs, so you could you could see them moving back and trying to acquire more picks. But if they stay home, I do think it'll be one of those corners. Uh, but I'm still interested to see if they have in, any interest in, in moving up for the quarterback. So there you go. 17 first-round grades on players. Now remember, there's 31 picks in the round, in round one. So he only has 17 first-round grades. So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to elite talent. I don't want them to trade back too far where they miss out on some of that elite, elite talent. Now, again, you're going to find diamonds in the roughs. You're going to get your Max Crosbys. You're going to get your, you know, your Nate Hobbs. You're going to get your Hunter Renfro's. You're going to get guys that you might not expect to be, to be those, those, those solid players, those elite talent, those, you know, those diamond in the roughs, as I'm mentioning. But you know, I, I want them to be able to target a guy that they really feel comfortable with that they could be that guy. Now, of course, my mock draft that I did on Fitz and Harry kind of went against that because I picked Anthony Richardson at number seven, but he has a chance to be elite, right? I mean, he's one of those guys that he could potentially be elite, but he's got obviously a lot of growing. But again, he's a quarterback, so I kind of felt comfortable doing that. But, you know, if, if not the quarterback, take some elite talent. If you trade back a little bit, fine. That's okay. I did that on the Locked On Podcast Network's draft. I traded back to number 10 and still got what I believe was elite talent. And that's actually dropping today, so you can check that out. But it was funny. Uh, Todd McShay also mentioned Oakland. <laughs> Guys that talk, don't talk about the Raiders on the daily uh, still happen to mention Oakland. People do it to me all the time. They're like, Oakland. Oh, sorry. I mean Vegas. But he didn't even catch himself. So I thought that that was funny. Also, uh, you know, John McClain. Oh, and then he brought up he brought up uh, the the quarterback position without being prompted. Right. So I think that that C.J. Stroud thing is still a thing. And when I'm talking about C.J. Stroud, John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston texted me to uh, Wednesday night and said he doesn't think the Texans are taking C.J. Stroud at number two. And this is something that is new. I've been talking about it for a while here that there's rumblings out of H-Town that they're not going to go with the quarterback. But when John McClain sends me a text and says, I don't believe that they're going Stroud at number two, then that all of a sudden, I, that, that sends off some, some big time, you know, like not red flags, but just kind of like sounds the alarm for me. Because if John McClain's saying that, that's coming from somewhere. He's not just making it up. So that's interesting at the very least. So C.J. Stroud may still be in play for the Raiders at number three. And you see again how Todd McShay brought up, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud without being prompted. So I found that to be pretty interesting. Now, another soundbite from Todd McShay on his pre-draft conference call number two that he had on Wednesday was on 
the cornerback position. Again, a lot of people say, don't draft a cornerback early. Look how many busts there's been. You know, even Jeffrey Okuda just got traded. He was a number three overall just a couple seasons ago. They just traded him for a fifth round pick to Atlanta. So uh, he was asked, Todd McShay was asked if he thinks cornerback early in the draft is a safer pick than it used to be. And if so, why? Yeah, I mean, what I've noticed is, and I think it, it goes all the way down to like the high school level, you know, the seven on sevens and, and then the college level where it's more spread. There's just more focus on on the the passing game, you know, from the youth on up. And it, you, wide receiver and cornerbacks were a crapshoot. If you remember, even like, you know, seven, ten years ago, um, for whatever, you know, it, it, they were scheme based or they were they had great quarterbacks. So, that you know, we we went through all these these reasons as to why guys were coming in the league and not having success. And these second, third rounders were having more success. <clears throat> but I, I think because of the volume that these corners and these wide receivers are getting, we're seeing year over year. I mean, look at the wide receivers the last couple of years, you know, from from uh, Jamar Chase and and all the the four Alabama guys and the two Ohio State guys Alave and and uh, Garrett Wilson last year and, and the offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year both for the Jets wide receiver and corner you know so I do think there's a change there um, I, I'll be honest like I'm, I'm as Sauce Gardner and, and Derek Stingley I had higher grades on on those guys than I do on on this year's class but but you know slightly and I don't think there's a, a huge difference but there is a difference. Um, with Witherspoon, I just love his story, how he's developed 140 pound junior in high school basketball player. Mom asked him to play one season. He plays safety and has four picks, decides to play a second season. The cornerback has seven interceptions, is ineligible, goes to Hutchinson Community College. And, and uh, I think a day later finds out that his SAT score makes him eligible and only had one power five offer. And two weeks later, he's at Illinois and, and now he's going to be a top 10 pick. And he's had to fight for everything in his career. He's bulked up to, you know, 180 plus pounds. He plays cornerback like a linebacker. He's instinctive. He's physical. Um, is there a little bit of tightness in his game? Yeah, I think a little bit. But he, he's got the speed. He's got the instincts. He's got the physicality to, to be a really, really good corner. And then Gonzalez isn't as physical. He's not going to be as good in run support. But his instincts and coverage are outstanding. The big knock on him coming into this year was he didn't have any interceptions at Colorado. Well, he had four picks at Oregon. And I think from a trait standpoint, like the oily hips, the top end speed, um, you know, the, the length that he has at it, 6'1 and, and change, run a 4'3", 40-yard dash, 32-inch arms. Like he, he's what you look for in terms of a smooth, fast athlete that does it effortlessly and has instincts and coverage. So – I think if you're looking for just a pure man-to-man cover corner, it's Gonzalez. If you're looking for the most complete cornerback in this class, it's Witherspoon. And I think with like, you know, Detroit brought in some veterans at corner. They could go in that uh, direction if if other if other things don't play out the right way of defensive linemen. But I think it's at um, seven. The Raiders are a possibility to take a corner. Eight. Um, I think it's. I, I'm. I'd be shocked if Atlanta didn't take a corner there. So it wouldn't surprise me if both those guys are off the board in the top 10. So there you go. There's Todd McShay's answer on the cornerbacks early and why that they could be uh, that much more effective. And he even brings up the wide receiver position. And that's something, if you remember, even when the Raiders drafted Amari Cooper, you know, early in the draft, uh, when he was drafted, what was he selected? Number four overall, I believe. But when they picked him, 
Remember, it was like, man, it always takes a while for wide receivers to learn the position. He came into the league, and he was pretty quick, fast, in a hurry. And a lot of that has to do with the 7-on-7s, everything that Todd McShay was talking about, the way that these guys play in high school now, the way that college game has really opened up. You're seeing wide receivers come into the league and have a lot more success. Now, I'm not saying that you know a corner like a Witherspoon or a Gonzalez is going to have the success that may, uh, maybe a Sauce Gardner had last year or Derek Stingley had last year, but you're starting to see these guys at these certain positions have a little bit more success. But then I can say, well, Oh, yeah, but look at Jeffrey Akuda. And I'll say this. I don't think Jeffrey Akuda had very much success because he had so many injuries. It was more injuries than anything. So uh, that was from Todd McShay talking about the cornerbacks and then comparing and contrasting Witherspoon and Gonzalez. And I like the breakdowns on uh, on them as well. Now, one more soundbite for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast where we're talking defense. I want you to hear about Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. And first of all, scouts... This is kind of the the write-up on the scouts. Several NFL scouts and coaches reportedly believe Tyree Wilson will be a better overall pro than Will Anderson. Multiple scouts reportedly wouldn't be surprised if Wilson went ahead of Anderson at the draft. Wilson racked up 17 total sacks across four seasons in college, while Anderson racked up 34 and a half total sacks across three seasons. Wilson has met privately with the Cardinals, Bears, Texans, Jaguars, Raiders, and Patriots so far. So that's just kind of what the scouts write up on Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech. And I, I've said it many times, if the Raiders were to pick him at number seven, I think that would fill multiple roles, fill multiple voids that they have along the defensive line. I would have no problem with that pick. I think that'd be an excellent pick if he's there at number seven and they feel like that's the guy that can get it done for him. Maybe Jalen Carter's gone to Seattle. Maybe they don't want Jalen Carter, but they look at Tyree Wilson and say, this guy's a lot safer and he plays multiple positions. So I had his head coach, Joey McGuire, who I knew from when he was an assistant head coach or his yeah assistant coach at Baylor under Matt Rule. I had him on my radio show on Wednesday and it was great catching up with him. He gave me about 20, 25 minutes. It was fantastic stuff. And we talked about everything from being you know a coach at Baylor to you know his first year at Lubbock at Texas Tech, what he saw from Tyree Wilson. But here's Joey McGuire talking all things Tyree Wilson. You also hear a follow-up from me, but he's talking about his size, motor, effort, pride in not giving up a touchdown. What do I mean by that? Well, hear the story that Joey McGuire has to say, and then you also hear a, ver- a follow-up about versatility and what he provides. Here's Joey McGuire, the head coach there at Texas Tech. What makes Tyree different is you don't see a lot of 6'6", 270-plus pound guys chase the ball away from them and throw his body to make tackles the way he does. Most long guys, whenever it's going away from them, they really reach, you know, and they won't throw their body. Um, Tyree, if you look at the film, it's crazy the way he plays, the motor, and how many tackles for losses he had this last year when the ball was actually going away from him and he threw his body to get the ball down. I'll tell every scout this story. I've talked to, you know, GMs. Um, this this should tell you everything you want to know of drafting Tyree Wilson. We're playing TCU. It's a really good game through uh, three quarters and then the first couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. We actually had the lead in the fourth quarter. And um, it's late in the fourth quarter. They're going to win the game. The game's over. And so we pull you know, our old guys out, and we're putting in a bunch of young guys, and they're driving the ball. And uh, I call a timeout. You know, it's like third down. They're fixed to score. They're, like, inside the 10, and I call a timeout, and I'm going to try to rally the young guys and say, look, guys, let's, let's finish this thing off. And Tyree Wilson, before I could say anything, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, Coach, I got this. And he told our uh, defensive tackle, Jay Boog, he told Krishan Merriweather, he said, guys, we're going back in. I said, Tyree, there's no reason for you to go back in. He goes, Coach, they're not scoring. 
So whenever your best player who's going to be a number one draft pick is a meaningless point to the game, and he puts himself back in, and oh, by the way, we stopped him on fourth down and went down and scored to end the game, still going to lose the game. But whenever he pulls himself out, and these days you have everybody else that, you know, rolls an ankle or, or you know, barely tweaks an ankle and they can't play in the game, but this guy's pulling guys out to finish the game, it tells you everything you need to know about what kind of kid he is and how you, why you want him on your team. Coach Joey McGuire is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. Just got a few more for you, Coach. And, you know, when you look at Tyree and you look at guys like Will Anderson from Alabama, who a lot of people believe is going to be probably the first defensive player taken off the board, kind of know what Will Anderson is, kind of seeing his accolades already and great player. But Tyree, I feel like, Coach, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like he still has a lot of room to grow, but he showed how good he can already be. He's just going to get better. Yeah, you know, Will's incredible and, and deserves every everything that he's getting, and, and if he's the first guy taken, I'm sure you can't go wrong with him. The, the thing that I would say about Tyree is if you look at his body of work, you've seen him play a three technique, a four technique, a five technique, a seven, a, a six, a nine. You've seen him drop into coverage. Like, there's nobody in this draft on the defense side of the ball that can play as many positions along that front, and then you also see him play in space when we dropped him a few times like Tyree Wilson, you know, because the guy went from a 3-4 interior, you know, four technique, three technique to an edge guy. And I don't think there's anybody else in the draft that, that can do that or, you know, has done it on film. And so I think he's just got such a huge upside. So I don't know about you, but I was already sold on Tyree Wilson, as I mentioned before you heard that soundbite. But just hearing that soundbite from his head coach, I mean, man, that's a guy. And, and look, this is a guy who doesn't pull any punches. This was a high school football coach in Texas. Then he went to Baylor. Uh, he was part of Matt Rule's staff there. He was a, a defensive coach, a, a linebacker's coach. Then he all of a sudden he became the you know defensive, defensive assistant, defensive head coach. I mean, he was everything, right? And then all of a sudden he got an opportunity to be the head man in Lubbock and and Texas Tech did really well uh, his first year there. So uh, he's a guy who knows ball. I mean, he, that's all he does is, is talk ball, right? I mean, he's, he's a fun dude just to sit down and have a conversation with on or off the record. Again, just really good uh, outlet. And to hear that about Tyree Wilson, I thought was big. And just, again, his versatility that he he provides and – you know, for a young man to say, hey, coach, put me in back in the game, put my uh, colleagues back in the game, we're not going to let this team score a touchdown. I thought that that was big. That's big. That's the kind of player that you're going to get in Tyree Wilson. I'm telling you, when he was telling me that story on Wednesday on my radio show, all I could think of is that's something that Max Crosby would probably do, right? That's something I could see Max Crosby doing like right now. You know what I mean? I can see the Raiders getting blown out in the game and then a team about to punch it in, score another touchdown, and Max is like, wait, what the, what the hell? No, put me in, coach. Put me in, put so-and-so in, put this person in. We ain't going to let them score another touchdown. Go out there and do it. I could totally see Max doing that. So Tyree Wilson, man, like I said, I said it many times on my radio show, and I've said it here on the podcast as well. If you weren't a fan of him before hearing from Joey McGuire, you'll definitely be a fan of him afterwards. So uh, I might bring that whole interview to the podcast at some point. I'm not too sure, but, I mean, lots of really good stuff from head coach Joey McGuire talking about Tyree Wilson. But the little sound bites there, about three minutes of what he had to say about Tyree, I think really kind of gives you a good idea on who that young man is. So uh, excited about the draft next week. I know Joey McGuire will be in, in Kansas City. I know Tyree will be in Kansas City. So hopefully I get a chance to catch up with them in person as well. But uh, there's a lot of good options for the silver and black. You could end up with, you know, a Red Raider turn well, a Las Vegas Raider, if it all shakes out that way, we'll find out next week. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll do offense 
when it comes to Todd McShay and his pre-draft breakdowns. We'll do that on tomorrow's show, but we got your calls and texts coming up next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts right off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long there in segments one and two, so I only have time to get a couple calls and texts in. But let's go ahead and start things off with Barry from Baltimore. He's calling to talk about the ESPN mock draft that I did for Fitz and Harry and me picking Anthony Richardson, his thoughts on it. Here's Barry from Baltimore. Hey, what's up, Q? This is Barry from Baltimore. Um, just want to call in about the uh, pod today in regards to your uh, your mock draft you had to do with Jason Fitz on ESPN and your picks. Um, I love it, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, if it, if it falls that way, I'd do the exact same thing you did. Um, like everybody's saying, corners deep. Um, there's some defensive players deep. You can get Richardson if he's there, obviously, and just stack up defense, grab a couple old linemen, you know, with the, the extra picks. You're not trading up. You know, you're not giving up any future, uh, picks or anything like that. He's right there. And then also even think too, like, it could get, it could come out that way, the draft. But who's to say, like, say for instance, if, um, you know, uh, the Colts at four take Richardson and Shroud's there at seven. Not saying it's going to happen, but you never know. Crazier things have happened. I, I would think the Raiders would jump on that. I mean, you got to get your quarterback of the future if it's either this year or next year. I mean, we all know Jimmy G's not the answer. Brian Hoyer, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I know he knows the offense, but, man, <laughs> you know, if, if there, there's a game that has to be started by Brian Hoyer, we, we're done. I mean, it's just you might as well not even – you know, um, roll with it or even think you're going to win. He might be able to manage the game a little bit, but that's about it. He's just a career backup. But So you need that quarterback in the future. Um, and who's to say what next year is going to be like? We don't know. I mean, if they ha- you know, if they have a decent year and they want to get their quarterback, they're going to give up picks to get to there. Um, you know, there are a couple wins this year from being out of the top ten, just the way it, it all um, rolled out, but yeah, it's just my opinion, man. I would do the exact same thing you did and, and be happy about it. You know, Richardson can sit there behind Jimmy G for a year, maybe two if that, learn the system, you know, um, and just be the quarterback of the future. I mean, you're going to need that in that division. So that's just my opinion. I'm getting more sold on Richardson as it goes or any of the quarterbacks if they fall. If they're not there, I'm with it. Best defensive player available, you know, corner, D-line, whoever. So – but, um, yeah, I just want to call on that. That was some pretty good stuff that uh, you're talking about today. So I was just calling in my opinion on it. So I just can't wait till this draft comes, man. I'm ready to get this over with and see the, the new Raiders and look into them and find out, you know, just more things about the players. So I'm pretty excited. So but that's it, man. Just calling in to say that I uh, appreciate what you do. Thanks for bringing the content on a daily basis, man. I'm out. Go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And believe me, it was not an easy selection at all. It was a lot of back and forth I had. At the end of the day, I thought it made all the sense in the world. Uh, you heard Jason Fitz was not too happy, but Harry Douglas understood it. So, you know, Jason Fitz is obviously a Raider fan, so he's locked in a little bit more, and all he could think of is, oh, man, uh, you know, Anthony Richards is not even going to get coached up by, by Josh McDaniels because it's going to be another coach, another coordinator. It's going to be a, a rotating carousel like it's been at the head coaching position. And I'll tell you this, I don't think that that's the case. I think that MD has made it pretty obvious that they're going to have the room and the time to build 
this thing up the right way. So I'm not really worried about Josh McDaniels not being able to coach up Anthony Richardson. I'm more concerned with can Anthony Richardson put it all together and be a, a pro's pro and all of a sudden be that elite talent or at least a really good quarterback for years to come. That's what I'm more concerned about. I'm not really concerned about the coach. I think that everything will be fine on that part. But uh, of course, he's got to, you know, can't just go in and have a terrible 2023. I mean, then they've got to do something to justify sticking around. But as long as they do their their part and and have some success and have some success that looks like, okay, they're improving. I don't think that there's any worries about Coach Joshua Daniels or Dave Ziegler if they're going to be around for the long haul. Thank you, Barry, for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from 725 Raiders. Says, hey, Q, 725 Raider here. If the Raiders don't pick the best defensive player available at seven, I wouldn't be mad at Patrick Graham for giving his two weeks notice. Dues for the first round in order. Carter, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Don'ts, Levis, Tyree Wilson, based off options from people on your show, can't see too high at seven or any other offensive lineman. Thanks for all that you do. Go Raiders. P.S. Richardson is also on my shoulders, but we just need too much help on defense to go offense with our first pick. That's from 725 Raider. And I look, Carter can definitely be the best player in the draft, no doubt. Witherspoon, Gonzalez, I think you know how I feel about both those guys. I think they're both elite. I think they're going to be both really, really good. Maybe not Sauce and, and Derek Stingley, but really good anyway. Something that the Raiders need and have needed for a long time. Tyree Wilson, I think, has an opportunity to be good. I think he has an opportunity to be really, really good. He is still kind of scratching the surface. He's not a whole 100% like polished to what he's going to be, but I do think he has an opportunity to be special. So I wouldn't be mad at that pick. Uh, Kalijah can't see from Pitt. Yeah, seven is way too high. Uh, I can see them getting him later in round one, though. If they trade back to you know 15 or 16, I can see them getting him in that range. But yeah, seven, definitely too high. And that Anthony Richardson on, the, on your shoulder is on my shoulder, and he fell to me at number seven. That really made the situation a whole lot more difficult. But thank you, 725 Raider, for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a call from JP in Tahoe. He's calling to talk about the quarterback position and the draft and why he thinks there's no reason to get an early-round quarterback. Here he is, JP in Tahoe. Q, what's up? It's JP in Tahoe thinking about everybody's opinion that they're having on the draft. I was thinking that, you know, if McDaniels liked Carr and we didn't have the Jimmy G scenario, you know, we wouldn't even be thinking about a quarterback right now. And I think based on everybody's opinion that Jimmy G is actually a better quarterback than Carr, you know, obviously the whole injury thing that everybody keeps talking about. But injury-free, we have a better quarterback than we did the last eight years. And I just don't see any reason to get a quarterback this year. Like, you roll with Jimmy, got your backup Hoyer, and, you know, maybe pick up a young guy in late rounds. But other than that, I think you roll with Jimmy, pick up the defense, just like everybody keeps talking about, load up the D. Bye, Raider Nation. Love you all. Have a great night. Thank you for the call, my man. And I don't think that I agree that Jimmy G is better than Carr. I think if everything was equal, as far as durability, the two guys are very similar. Now, I think there's things Jimmy G does better than Carr, but I definitely think there's things that Carr does and has better traits than Jimmy G, right? So I think they would kind of all even out in the wash. But, you know, obviously we know all things aren't, e aren't equal and the durability for Carr is definitely better than Jimmy G. But with that being said, having Jimmy G does give the Raiders an opportunity to not have to reach and just say, oh, we have to go get a quarterback. That's what Dave Ziegler told me at the 
at the uh, uh, the owners' meetings of Phoenix. Like, you know, I asked him straight up, what does Jimmy G allow you to do in the draft? Well, it allows us not to reach. It allows us not to have to trade up and go get a guy, right? If a guy falls to him, like Richardson fell to me at seven, they can make the decision to go get him. Or if Stroud is there and they really do like him, then they can make the decision, okay, let's go get that guy. We know he, they tried to trade up to one, right? We know that for a fact. They tried to trade up to one to go get a quarterback that they really like. Most people believe, and I believe that was Bryce Young, but I also believe that C.J. Stroud is a quarterback they like as well. So if he's there at three, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to go make a move. But if a quarterback like Richardson fell at seven, just like he fell in the Fitz and Harry draft for me, then go pull the triggering and get him because, look, you still have 11 picks to go address the defense, which we all know is a major, major need. Now, again, don't mortgage the future, and you're not mortgaging the future if you don't have to trade up and go get a guy like uh, like an Anthony Richardson. But a C.J. Stroud, if they really, truly believe that that's their franchise guy and he can get it done, you might see them go make that move anyway. But ultimately, with Jimmy G in the mix, the pressure is off to have to get a quarterback. They can just allow the board to fall to them, get the best players that they feel comfortable with at that position, and build the team that way. So I think that that is the biggest thing, and that's the, the main reason why they made sure they went out and got Jimmy G as quickly as they did. Uh, I got one more text from Paul from the 801, and then we'll close up shop. He says, hey, Q, this is Paul from the 801, Raider Mamba. First time texting in. I'm a big fan. Love your show. I listen every day. Thank you for the hard work. First, I want to say I wasn't a big fan of your seventh pick on Fitz and Harry mock draft. I think it's Stroud or Young if the Raiders take a quarterback in the first round. If not, I want to see defense or even trade back. I'd rather get Hooker, McKee, or Hayner late in the draft or even May next year if we suck. I'm not following the hype around AR-15, but we all have our own opinions. I like Wilson or Carter at seven. We can get cornerback in later rounds like Forbes, Turner, or Phillips, but I do love Witherspoon. Don't get me wrong. And your locked on mock draft, the trade you made with the Eagles, what if your trade... What if you you trade your 7 and 38 for their 10 and 30? Would that work? Let me know what you think. I'm excited for this year's draft. Huge Raiders fan. I can't wait. Let's go Raiders. Just win, baby. Thank you. That's from Paul in the 801, a.k.a. Raider Mamba. 7 and 38 for their 10 and 30? Um, I mean, that would be cool. I didn't. That's not what I ultimately did. I traded 7, um, and I got their 10. I got um, another pick in, what, round 3? I picked up, uh, what did I pick up? I'm trying to remember what I picked up now. Man, I can't remember what I picked up, but I, I know I collected another draft pick this year, and I picked one up in 2024 as well. So I think I got a th- another third round. I did. I got another third round pick, and I picked up a, a 2024 uh, pick as well. So that ended up working out uh, 7 and 38 for 10 and 30. That would probably be a little bit rich because 10 to 7 is not that big of a trade. But what I did mess up on on the locked on draft is I had an opportunity to get back to 11, but I kind of played my my hand out in public on accident. <laughs> it really wasn't on purpose. It was just kind of a, oops, my bad. And so uh, the Titans were going to trade up from 11 to 10, uh, which wouldn't have given me a whole lot more. But still, I could have traded back one more time and still got the player that I ultimately wanted because uh, the Tennessee Titans traded up to go, or they didn't trade up, but they stayed at 11 and picked up an offensive lineman, the one that they wanted. So there was that. But that's all I got time for on today's show. I do appreciate the text, my man. And I, and that locked on mock draft, if you're looking for it, it's supposed to be dropping today. So I'm assuming that maybe they won't get to pick number seven today. Uh, maybe they'll do just the first four picks today. And then tomorrow they'll do the next four picks. I'm not quite sure exactly how many they're going to roll out of time. But you can start checking that out for the Locked On uh, Podcast Network. I believe it will be on the Locked On NFL uh, show or maybe the Locked On uh, Draft show. I'm not too sure which one it's on. But it's on one of those. And I'm sure you can find it. 
pretty quickly. So thank you again for that text. I do appreciate you. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have more from Todd McShay. Uh, we've got some more calls and texts. ABA Ivan Davis got a text, a very lengthy text from New York New York Old School Raider. Uh, got a call from Highlight Hendo out of Sacramento, California. Plus, we'll have a couple more. We'll have some more conversation pieces, of course, as we get ready to close out the week really strong. So Raider Nation, thanks so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. Thanks to my man Ari for hooking it up on YouTube in a major way. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, as we close out the week, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.